I'm Lieutenant Pat Doring, Crisis Negotiator from WhatCopsWatch.com. And you're listening to the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Ready to conceive solutions to problems in an atmosphere free of political correctness? Find a new sense of purpose at WadeSense.com. That's WadeSense.com. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast Wade Sense. I am your host, Wade B. Olson. Across from me sits the technical savior of our show, Mr. Mike Wilkinson. Mike, how are you doing today? Be saved. Be saved? That's all I can tell you, yes. <laughs> Just save our program. We will save the program, guaranteed. People, if you only knew what it sounded like as we're making it. <laughs> <laughs> I had a really cool thing happen that I, I, I want to share. We're both married, and... You, as you're progressing in your marriage, cannot help, if you're paying attention at all, to notice how your spouse, willingly or unwillingly, starts to mirror some of, even some of the things that you say, your actions, they're, they're in your head, they're, they're, they're seeing the next thought as before it's coming. I had something happen that was, <laughs> that was just so damn cute. Like I said, I'm married to a black woman. It, it has been an education, a lot of what I've, I've noticed being what I consider to be a junior wordsmith are phrases that I've I've learned along the way that, that I now use, one of them being in a nice little minute. Have you ever heard this phrase before? I've never heard that phrase before. We've been waiting a nice little minute. It's this really weird phrase. A nice little minute actually means a, a, a considerable length of time. I'm not exactly sure just when that falls in. A hot second is literally, it's, it's done and over that fast. Okay, so there's there's phrases that that I have learned being so. Is that a like is that like a hold your horses comment or is that a we've been waiting far too long? What is that? We've been waiting far too long is definitely like okay. Say you were working for the the same company for ten years. Oh, he's been there a nice little minute. You see what I mean? It is the most ambiguous measurement of time. But like I said, I, I never hear I never ever hear you know white people use it. One of the things that a phrase that I had now, I don't know, we're from kind of the same area of the country and kind of not too far apart in age. I don't know if this is something that is completely where in, in my family or the, the town that I grew up in or the state or just a Midwestern thing or what. But have you ever heard the phrase, I got to piss like a racehorse? I have heard that phrase before and experienced the feeling, yes. Okay, so, but have you ever used it on, an, on a regular basis? Have you ever known anybody use it on a regular basis? I remember after originally hearing it, using it more often than not because I wanted to be cool also. <laughs> but no, I have not used that recently, probably in the last 20 years, 30 okay. years. It's a phrase that I still will use occasionally because usually when I hit the door, I got to go now. Mm. My wife and I went out to uh, dinner at a local place. And as we're coming in the door, and I know she said it on purpose. It must have just popped into her head just as she was going into our room. I'm heading towards the office, and she's going into our room, and she says, I got to piss like a racehorse. Coming out of, of, of her face, it was just – it was so funny because it's something that I've never heard anybody else say. And to hear my wife say it, I just – I thought it was really cute. I, I, I wanted to share that. It was just – it was – so you're thinking that, 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 you're thinking that that's a mirror of you saying it, and so she, now she's saying it? Or, or no? No, it's just – it's something that – after she said it, I started thinking about it. Is this something that's just in my family? Because I don't, I'm trying to remember, remember if I've heard other people say it where I'm yeah. from. I mean, but I've, I, never, I've never ever heard anybody black say it is why I started that. I'm completely outside the box, mostly because my wife is not only white, but she is deaf. Right, right. <laughs> so has she ever said, uh, man, wow, I got to piss like a racehorse? The answer is no. But there are several times where that could have been the interpretation and it would be right on. <laughs> so it's where she'll bubble up her cheeks. Right. And then she'll... If you hold your fist like you're holding something at the right, same time, right, and and kind of wiggle your wiggle the side of your face, and then you start walking to the bathroom, I that's understand. exactly what that means. Okay, all right. Okay. So the answer is no. She's never said it, but she's definitely conveyed that. Yes. Okay. I guess what I was trying to figure out with the whole story was, I've, I've never heard anybody black say it. I've never heard my wife say it until mm-hmm. now. And we've been together for 15 years, sure. and I was beginning to wonder if it was just me or it was a <laughs> no. Midwestern it's not just thing. you. Or it was a Midwestern thing, you know, if it was just my family. No, and it reminds, if I'm not mistaken, I remember, I, remember, I remember specifically seeing it in a movie someplace, and that was probably drawn from something. Mm-hmm. 
I'm pretty sure. Okay, now I'm wondering yeah. what the classical reference is. Like I said, I just grew up using it. Wait, a quick internet search has revealed some interesting information that I think we should probably share. Oh, please do. With the audience at large. Okay. There's a website that we found, and inside that it says, when most horses take a leak, it is a dramatic sight with the stream typically about one-third to one-half an inch in diameter. Good God. Creating a veritable river of urine that seems to have impressed some wordsmith sufficiently enough to coin the phrase piss like a racehorse or horse do we have a date on that approximate so when specifically is the first documented instance of this expression question mark it has been claimed that it was in richard mon's 1972 poetry collection the needles balance however the somewhat suspect source does not provide any information on where in said book, this occurs, or what the exact text is. I wish we were in my office because I have a slang dictionary. I'll bet anything that phrase is in there. It just never occurred to me to look it up. The first instance of specifying a racehorse rather than just a horse that could be found and verified was the 1982 Ground Rush by Greg Barron, in which he writes, He unzipped his fly and pissed on the insect, pissed like a racehorse. Awesome. <laughs> okay. So All we've right. now showered everybody with knowledge today. Yeah. Not quite in an inch by inch and a half stream, but <laughs> close. Well, I've heard the phrase stronger than horse piss, and I've been in the vicinity when horses were doing that downtown, and that is a stench. Mm. Well, that's yeah, what happens powerful. with urine, man. It's hey, yeah, clearing a body of worse than bad stuff. <laughs> I don't know. There's some people I've been around that, uh, not the place to be. Uh, Mike, I don't know if you remember, we recently did a topic on um, ending social justice warrior movements on campus. Mm -hmm. And I would say, honestly, that our topic today is even more pressing, but it's in the same vein of political correctness. Our topic today is, can a four-year-old decide what their sex is? Let's talk about it. Here's the problem that I see. A child does not direct the house. A child does not direct his life. A child is forming his or her life, mm -hmm. and that is up to the parent to guide them and instill their values into that child. The child doesn't decide, especially something as important and basic as, as their sex. You can't listen to your child one day walk up and say, I feel like I'm actually a girl. And then that parent goes, I think that this child is trying to tell me something. And then start this child down a course of action to be raised as a girl. And then at some point, you decide that I'm going to give this child hormone blockers and do some irreparable damage to this child. I can't see that as not being anything other than a negligent parent. If in our society today, if the parent allows a child, they decide to let that child walk from their house down to the corner to go to school or to go play in a park, and somebody else feels like it is their need to basically tattle on that parent to bring the authorities in that that parent is all of a sudden negligent, well, that is a generational thing because both myself and Mike were raised at the point where we would just went out the door and were gone until dinner time, and our whole generation was raised like that and basically came through unscathed. That was that generation's belief. This one is now believing in a pop culture belief that a child can decide what sex they are. And I personally feel that that is abuse. And now it needs to be decided because it's creeping in across the country in various places where they are going to the point where in some classrooms, they don't call the, the, the kids boys and girls. They're now just students. It's creeping in not just here. It's creeping in ac across the, the world. This needs to be addressed. My feeling is this. Once you're 18, do what you want. You're now an adult. You can decide what course of action it is that you want to follow. Mm -hmm. If you want to have surgery done, whatever it is that you want to do. But before that, you are in the care of your parents. And there needs to be now, I feel, unfortunately, I hate that, that laws need to be brought into this, that the government needs to be brought into this, but I think that there need to be laws written to protect these children 
from their parents that are obsessed with this new pop culture of believing that sexual reassignment is is something that kids need to be brought in on. What do you think, Mike? Poke away, please. Oddly enough, I don't have a lot to poke here. I mean, the no, no can't even be devil's advocate on this one. No, I'm, I'm trying to think of the positive benefits of allowing a four or five year old child to realize their vision that they need to be a they need to choose which sex they're going to adorn themselves as. Can you imagine when they wake up when they wake up I, later in life and realize what it is that their parents let them do? I mean, there, there's. You can have a parent that uh, is... See, there's also assumption there, and I, uh, that I can hold poke, what? is that there would ever be a light bulb moment for that child. Because if they've already created this world when they were four or five that they wanted to be in, why on earth would they ever come back and visit reality? Well, they've proven that 80% of these cases on their own will decide on their own that it's like, well, no, I was wrong. I really am a boy and I want to be a boy. I'd, I'd like to see some of that research, mostly because there's there's something I won't say it's a one to one because it's not one to one. Right. There's something very akin to the, inside the deaf community that happens where, well, no problem. We'll just fix them with a cochlear implant. And everything will be fine. Okay. Well, they're not fine. They they don't always doesn't always just work like that. No. You don't put a cochlear implant and hey look they hear just like you and me. That's not what happens. What does happen with that? I mean, it, I, I know the it, only it, person it, that has it is Rush Limbaugh has it. It's a it's a it's a crapshoot, and not none. I will say none. I don't think anybody that gets a cochlear implant, especially when they're young, mm-hmm. has the inherent requirement that. And now I need to somehow return to being a talk show host. That's why Rush doesn't have a problem with whatever it is that he does here, right? Because hearing something. And being able to continue his legacy as a conservative talk show host will trump right. everything else. Well, I just threw that in because that was the only person I knew that had right. that, no, besides a well, guy no, I get soap that. opera. <laughs> no, I, I get that. But that's my point, is that he had reason. Uh-huh. Where if you if you don't have reason, and the only reason that you got it is because your parents thought it would be great for you and help you develop your life, but you've chosen to not use it. Well, what do we say about that? The other, again, not to change the topic of what we're talking about here. Right. Cochlear implants are not a one-to-one. Now you hear nothing, and now you hear something perfectly. Yeah, no, I, it's, I remember it's him not, saying that, that it, it's just like, like, he had real, a lot of his hearing disappear. I mean, a lot of his hearing come back, probably because of his nature of what it was that he Right, did. but he, he had to relearn, yeah. and the incentive to relearn was absolutely there. Wait a minute, you have to relearn, so you don't... Absolutely. Absolutely. So, here, 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 my, so if I hear this with my ears. It, it's easier to use a bird. Okay. Okay. So imagine you are deaf. Right. However, you can have a cochlear implant. Surgery. Right. So, okay. So beforehand, you have no concept at all of what a bird sounds like. Right. You and I know what a bird sounds like because we've heard a bird. Mm-hmm. But the first time you get a cochlear implant, you have to learn that the sound that you are hearing, if it's only a bird, is a bird. And what type of bird? And all the other things that come with it. Oh, it's that's all the relearning learned. part. Okay, all right. And the relearning happens when you've already had any hearing and then lose it. So when Rush Limbaugh listens and hears a bird now, whatever bird he, like a crow, let's just say a crow. Yeah, okay. All right. The uh, vast majority of our listening audience have heard a crow. Yeah. Whether or not you can go, oh, that's a crow. Right, I can hear it in my head. Yeah, okay. okay. As can most. Mm-hmm. The problem is that you would have to relearn that sound because it would not sound like a crow anymore. It's not... You plug it in and, hey, look, it's a, it sounds like a little tinny radio. And, hey, it sounds like a crow. It's not. You have to relearn every sound that you've ever thought of. So it sounds different than it was before you... Absolutely. It does not oh. sound like a crow anymore. See, I did not know that. Right. I, Most I people don't. Works. Most people don't. And, again, it gets back to is there... One, is there reason? Is mm-hmm. there want? Mm-hmm. Is there incentive? Mm-hmm. And, again, to solicit Rush, because we're soliciting Rush... Right. He absolutely had reason. Yeah, well, yeah. Would you like to continue your career as uh, a talk show yeah. host? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, pardon me as I peel off hundreds and pay for this donut. Right. Yeah, you know, exactly. it, yeah. So, yes, absolutely. Okay. I don't equate those things with being able to select your sex. However, it's it's not a one-to-one argument, but it, it has some of the same, like, th- there's there's things you haven't even thought of. That are going to eventually impact you. Right. That you cannot possibly know about when you are four or five years old. There's no way. So what do you think if you could look down the road? What do you think is going to be the impact of these babies when they are... It's going to depend on the parents. Again, the I think both you and I can look 
into a cone of now experience. I have a 15 year old. Mm-hmm. And I've got 30 year olds. Okay. And the cone of my 15 year old has helped me understand where there are definitely holes in my parenting game. There's no question. <laughs> yeah. But I also see some of the same holes that either my mom or dad, who are both separate parents for me in general, right. uh, either conveyed to me and I found my way. Okay, well, my finding my own way wasn't always the healthiest way. It wasn't, probably wasn't the best nurturing way. Right. And you know why that was? Because they weren't working together? That is correct. Yeah. yeah. Well, not even so much that. It's just they weren't there all the time. Yeah. The, the freedom that you and I talk about as children where we could go and stay out all times of night and day we want and just yeah. go do whatever you want. Right. It's absolutely good, and it's good that you have that experience. But there is eventually an ebb for that. Mm-hmm. I would I would liken that um, probably to like a workplace, where if your workplace has flexibilities, awesome. Right. But eventually there needs to be a cone of management that is right. inside of your workplace, unless you are a manager, mm-hmm. at which time there should also be some management for you. Because that's what there, – there has to be established patterns of what we're doing along with standards of activity. Right. And what sta- standards of activity cannot be decided by a four-year-old. No. In particular, in regard to something as impactful as whether or not you're a boy or a girl. Right. And that's why it's so, it's so hard to poke holes here. Yeah. Okay. So we're definitely of the same mind. I, can you see there be a possibility in the future where enough people wake up and push for laws to be written to protect these children? No. God. See, these well, kids are they're, just... They're, it's going to be a generation dude, dude, that's going to be time bombs. How many I, – I don't disagree with that, but yeah. how many activities do you know of that parents, asterisk, have conveyed slash done to their kids and they're not in jail? Because it's not just this. Right. But then you there's know, the other example that I brought up in the beginning, which is you know now people have decided that – letting here, here's, a, here's a really good example. Letting your 12-year-old be the adult of your 8, 6, 3, and 8-month-old. Yeah. Okay. Where's the laws for that? Right. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, and how would you enforce it? How would you possibly know what's going on inside somebody's house? Now, in that instance, you would know because, yeah, it's one thing to be, you know, dressing your boy as a girl and, and, and doing all of the things that – having your boy do all the things that a girl traditionally does – but when you get to the point where you are now getting the hormone blockers, that you have to go through a doctor. Now, that they would be able to do something about. But yeah, right now, as the law stands. I'd like to know exactly how many of the hormone blocking incidents have happened because I can believe it happened. I, it's, it's too abstract to say that no way that never happened. I'm certain it has. Yeah, it is happening. But it's not, it's not a society, it's not a, it's not a city's worth. Of people that have gone to have hormone blockers instituted on their three or four year old, I, I refuse to believe that. Right, it's it's probably not. But it, 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 at what point does the number arrive where you can finally say, "This is abuse. This is a form of abuse. This needs to be recognized as such, and it needs to be stopped." What number of children need to pop up into the local radar of of, uh, of the authorities to realize, "Yeah, this is now child abuse"? Because there's so many other things oh, that. Are considered that the, the the gist of most of this is that it doesn't pass the flip test. Does this pass the flip test? So the sample is if we fast forward fifteen years, okay, and we find an adoring community in the, you know, in the Soho area, yeah, that have this incredible, wonderful, vibrant community uh-huh. of people that when they were three and four years old were allowed to choose their gender, and have given back to and raised an even larger community of successful, prosperous individuals that mm-hmm. also had the same choice. Right. Now I've got some data to look at. Right. I'm but we're not there. Th- no, and I'm, I'm, personally think- <laughs> I'm personally thinking that, that that is such a rosy scenario. I, I don't see it happen because I don't see how when you mess some- with something as, as basic as your sexual identity – you can have any positive results from that. Mm-hmm. I think that you're going to raise maybe not necessarily a generation of axe murderers that go after their parents, but these are going to be some messed up kids just when they get out in society and it really becomes there's, apparent. There's been a couple. And again, I can remember that it's got, it's got to be 15 years ago or so, but well, I told you about the, I think the, it was an episode of, okay. I think it was like an episode of Oprah uh-huh. and it's where there was a young, a very young boy that always liked to play with dolls and insert 
all of the colloquialisms that are de- uh, definitively womanly, right? Fostering girl, blah. Mm-hmm. And suddenly she was eighteen, twenty, and at twenty-one she was able to finally afford to get the the surgery done, so mm-hmm. that now she was officially a she. Okay. And so that is the life that was chosen, that was given, that succeeded, question mark, exclamation point, whatever. Right. I just, we need way more of those to then chime in and tell us how it all went. Right. And, and we, I, don't, I don't know that we have that model. We just, we don't have the model. Well, one of the things they've shown is that in the community of transgenders, there's a 45% even after, even after they successfully have gone through sexual reassignment surgery, a 40% rate of suicide. How is that not regarded as a mental illness? That's, that's my biggest problem with if you that look at, being mainstream. If you look at domestic abuse, it's twice that percentile. And so how don't we see that as an epidemic as well? That's kind of the, that's a pot shot. I don't, I don't, I don't consider the, the question of your comment as something valid because of course it's bad. But let's start putting it into but, but a mental re- illness. But we, we, yeah, because the reason that I bring it up is is if 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 they never got the surgery done and they were just massively depressed and and took their own lives, at that point I don't think you could necessarily regard it as mental illness. I think you could regard it as the final act of frustration of somebody who didn't get a chance to 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 be who they thought they were. Now that's your but, assumption, though, and I, and I hate saying that, especially. Lo- but isn't it logical? Well, hold on. It, it, that's it's your, logical, though, isn't it? No, that, no? That, that's your assumption. See, th- there is no, there's no overarch of what all these people experienced and what they were thinking when they killed themselves. Right. We don't have any of that. Unless there was an explicit letter that said, hey, mommy, I think giving me the opportunity at four to choose whether or not I'm male or female was a bad move. Goodbye. Thanks for the gun. There is no such thing as a one-to-one relationship on things like that. This is on the differences between... The gender dysphoria and what they now call ROGD, which is rapid onset generational dysphoria. This is something that is now societal. Gender dysphoria has now become a fashionable cause and clinics routinely give girls testosterone with few questions asked with little thought to the sometimes permanent damage that some such treatment brings about. Planned Parenthood furnishes testosterone to young women on an informed consent basis without requiring any psychological evaluation. That's the problem. If you decide that this is something that you want to do, you need to be able to talk to a, a, a doctor, a counselor, and find out, really explore the issues. I agree. But I mean, th- this is so the, – I, can, the, I can't believe that a government agency can give out these type of drugs without any type of, uh, a, a, any type sure, of punishment. Well, sure you can. When they're, when they're murdering millions a year, why do you not believe that? Oh, well, that is very true. Okay. That, that's, and I, by the way, that's not a staunch advocacy of what we're talking about. No. That is me jumping into the numbers game of what we're talking about. And, and you know, it's why can they do it? And it's because it can be done is the answer, unfortunately. There isn't – there is nothing in place to counter it. That's why. But do you know that there's, that there's such a thing as um, uh, body dysphoria as well? Have you ever heard of that? These are people that have – now they regard well, they, sure. now they regard it as mentally no. ill because they decide that they don't want a limb or a piece of their body on them. If I told you that I wanted my healthy arm cut off, if you didn't look at me and worry that there was something wrong going on inside my head, I'd have to examine your head. But that's just my body. These are people that have decided that that they're a, a completely different sex, and to mainstream that when. Like I said, between the suicide rate and the 80% rate that people, that these issues will work themselves out on their own as children, how can you not regard that? See, in that aspect, I don't think that that transgender issues belong in the whole LGBTQ thing, which I, that's out of control to begin with. I, I think if you're gay, you were born gay. Either you, you're a girl and you like girls or you're a boy and you like boys. And that's the way that you were wired. If you're bisexual, I don't know what that is. You're just an equal opportunity <laughs> <laughs> going after it's it's just, it, it all comes down to this pop culture thing where it's just being accepted and not looking forward not looking into the future and seeing what damage could be done i don't know people we would absolutely love to hear what you think this has been a difficult topic and i believe that we tried to handle it just 
thinking in lines of kids. Uh, please let us hear your comments. Please go to the wadesense.com. Uh, folks, we will be right back with more Wade Sense. Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. The one question every podcaster needs to ask themselves is, why am I still editing my own podcast? We all know that editing your own podcast is the worst part of the podcast experience. Get the editing off your plate and reclaim more time to make more content with the Editor Core. Affordable, talented, experienced podcast editors are ready to take your podcast literally to the next level to make it soar. Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. Take the usual podcast hosts and you'll stay in expensive wonderland. Take the Podcast Matrix hosting and experience a completely different world of podcast hosting. What is the Podcast Matrix? Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can, with perpetual advertising. Here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even after your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment. Real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort right now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. And we are back on to definitely something a little less controversial, but always fun, YouTubery, which is a time waster, but you can learn some things as well. My selection for today is uh, something I found off of the uh, Joe Rogan Experience podcast, a gentleman by the name of Andrew Yang, who is running for president under the Democratic banner uh, for 2020, and he has a topic that at first glance, first Obviously sound... a Swedish guy, I assume, right? <laughs> No, no, but he is American. Um, his family came here from uh, Taiwan. His background is he studied economics and poli-sci at uh, Columbia University. He ran a national education company that became number one in the United States. He's since founded the Venture for America, which is an organization that helps entrepreneurs create jobs in cities like Baltimore, St. Louis, Detroit, etc. all of the real fun uh, Democratic-run strongholds. But his whole idea is, is, was, was building jobs for uh, people that were being displaced from a lot of them. But I listened to the, the, the main thrust of his platform is the uh, UBI, which is Universal Basic Income. The whole idea is that all adults from the age of 18 to 64 get what it amounts to $1,000 a month. Now, if you're already on some kind of assistance, like say uh, in his model, you say you're getting $700 worth of assistance from the state. Okay, fine, then you get an extra $300 on top of that. Now, I'm listening to this to begin with, and I'm just absolutely aghast. It's like you don't pay people to do nothing. But as he put it, it's like the thing is, is this money wouldn't just immediately, it, it doesn't just disappear. People are going to be putting it almost immediately back into the economy. And he's talked to a number of different people, and one of them was a truck driver. And the thing that he found out is that so many of truck drivers, the top uh, uh, jobs in this country are uh, truck driving, transportation, service, working in malls. A lot of things are going to be disappearing to automation. And it's like, what are, we, what are we going to be doing for these people? I mean, the top retort now is, uh, hey, you better learn to code. Well, that's kind of ridiculous. Like you said, you're talking about truck driver, somebody who's uh, on average 49, may or may not have military experience, probably got his uh, high school diploma. He wasn't great at school to begin with, and now he's off doing this. How are you possibly going to retrain this many people? And there's probably, he said, it's like it's the top 
untrained a job in like uh, 29 different states. The thing that they've proven uh, the government is horrible at is trying to retrain people for new jobs. You set up something like zero to 15 percent that they were actually successful in, uh, in that. Ex- I think it was coal miners that they had were trying to retrain. Go and watch the whole video because he put a lot of different ideas in in my head on something that I would have never thought. And I know that you and I have talked about how we love to hear different perspectives that you would have never, ever thought about. It's like, okay, I hadn't looked at that. Maybe the, it does. It, it, it ended up making a lot more sense than I thought. That's that's my first pick. It's it's uh, Joe Rogan. It's Andrew Yang. He's running for president, and he's talking about uh, the UBI. What's your pick? Well, I will match your Joe Rogan podcast with yet another Joe Rogan podcast. Ah. I have not been listening to him lately, mostly because I I just I haven't taken the attention span. <laughs> and I what I find often is that I like it when I can just go and pluck and pick mm-hmm. from the different episodes. But one that he um, that he had recently. Well, that wasn't a whole episode. That was just like that little sliver right there where he talks about that. Oh, okay. Well, this is an entire episode dedicated to one person. Man. Okay. All right. So <laughs> this is a gentleman that he's had on before, and his name is Andy Stumpf. And he is a former Navy SEAL who now does all kinds of kick-assery awesome. And what I like most about Andy is that he just seems incredibly down-to-earth. He does otherworldly things like uh-huh. uh, the the longest ever squirrel suit flight and all this other really super kick-assery stuff. But he seems incredibly down to earth, you know, just like I actually saw he takes off the, the squirrel suit. Yeah. Yeah. He takes off the squirrel suit and you, he's just a dude. Right. And he's just a dude giving you some commonsensical things. And Hey, by the way, I used to be a Navy SEAL, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And I really appreciate that about him because I know so many people that use their, their vaunted excellence slash experience to bash people over the head. Right. And I just never get that from this guy. There's a, there's several different segments inside of here that uh, I'm not going to bother stealing away mm-hmm. the value of people watching the episode, but there's several segments that I've seen as just little clips inside of this one in particular that are incredibly valuable and, and help you understand the nature of some really, really hairy topics. Yeah. The the two that I remember specifically him talking about were uh, active shooter situations. Uh-huh. That one I listened to, too. The, the most poignant piece from that, again, not to, I, I'm not blowing anything by telling you this. Mm-hmm. It was like, exactly how many school shootings have there been where the president's kids go to school? None. You, you wouldn't even think and, of touching and, that. And, right. And so being able to understand the, not only the psychology of what's going on there, but the preparatory nature of even thinking about what could happen mm-hmm. is something that we have to do on a much larger global scale. And that's what I really appreciated about it, just about everything that he said about every single topic. Right. Getting into the mind of an active shooter, how, you know, he used to kill people for a living. Right. But he, he, he understood the feelings of people that wanted to kill. Right. But even in many instances inside of his cone of experience, he wasn't able to because those people were not in front of him. Right. But if they were, they would have been in trouble. Yeah. Okay, well, having someone like him say that versus someone like me saying that, I mean, it's it's extraordinary. And it's it's definitively something you should listen to. The first episode with him also that I remember right after he got out of the teams mm-hmm. was also a very good episode. But we're going to focus on this one. Yeah. And uh, again, it's Andy Stump, S-T-U-M. P-H, I'm sorry, F. S-T-U-M-P-F, and we'll link it up inside the show notes for this episode. Yeah, I actually, I almost ended up using that one, too. That's kind of wild that we almost would have used the same one. Yeah, um, it was a good one. It was, it was very good. Oh, yeah. And, and again, I, I I was just flipping through, and I caught a clip, and from the clip, I transitioned over to the entire episode and listened to it, and it's very good. Okay. My other one's a little bit lighter, but in the same, uh, <laughs> depressing, too. I don't know what put it into my head, but I actually had some time to kill the other night, and I was uh, sitting in front of a quick trip, and I decided I'd watch um, a couple clips from Idiocracy. Mm. 2006, uh, Mike Judge, who was the uh, creator of Beavis and Butthead, I had the weirdest thing happen. My attitude is paramount in what I do because I'm a self-starter. No one's pushing me out there. If I'm having a bad night, it's real easy to top myself into going home. So I'm careful about what I watch and listen to because it, def- it depicts, depicts my attitude. You watch Idiocracy, and there's no way you can't look at it and go, good God, we're getting farther down that path. And I'd watched it, and 
I stopped watching it, and I went back to work, and I was trying to get myself back in my mindset, and I was having the weirdest moment. Mike, do you remember in, I don't remember when it was in the 80s, but the movie, uh, the first one, The Day After it came out? Oh, yeah. Sure, okay. 82. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. 82. Okay. Uh, so I would have been a junior high right school. In there. Mm-hmm. I was either a junior or sophomore in high yeah. school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the weirdest moment, because... I was thinking to myself as I was driving along and how I was just trying to reacquaint myself with reality after watching this movie, and it was just so depressing because it was just, like, so close to reality. And I was remembering when, in 82, sitting at home and I watched The Day After. Now, I grew up in Grand Forks, North Dakota, which was site one for uh, the Soviet Union that they were going to hit. They were going to hit us because of all the missiles, even before D.C., so I remember after that was over, I, I remember walking outside and looking around to just make sure that it was all there. It was just, it really rattled me. And, and, and after watching Idiocracy and then being around some people that were too far off from central casting for that movie, it was almost the same kind of a moment. I, I, I had that that. that the day after moment in, in Grand Forks. Interesting. Well, there's, there's two things there. One, the day after I remember that the night we watched that, it was very strange because while it was, it was definitely a TV event, Mm -hmm. but it was not a TV event. Like it was independence day or something. No, because for those that haven't seen the movie, I'm not going to blow anything out of it, but the gist is that Armageddon is not funny. No, it is very real and it impacts so many pieces of infrastructure that we don't, when I say the word infrastructure, everybody goes, oh, right, so like the electrical grid. Yeah, I get it. <sighs> you guys don't get it. No. And you should definitely watch the movie. We'll have a link up to it inside the show notes, too. Okay. Uh, the, the, what I remember vividly, though, we were over at my mom's boyfriend's house. His name was Ray Ambrose. Okay. He's surely dead by now. Okay. And Ray Ambrose was this incredibly you know, just braggadocious, big giant you got to be kidding me smoking italian guy and he was a lot of fun he had a son named Ramy and a daughter named holly who were i think just a couple of years older than i was all right and i remember going over to their house and watching it mm-hmm. we're, we're all sitting in stark absolute silence at the end of the movie yeah and he stands up in front of all of us and he stretches his back out and he looks turns around looks at all of us puts his arms on his on his hips akimbo and goes man that was fucking depressing <laughs> <laughs> that's something yeah, and I'm up like well, that's about it that's about right Ray you know you you are absolutely right correct Ray Ambrose you're absolutely correct anyway that's my that's my day after story I'll never okay. forget Ray Ambrose because of that oh, well it ended a little bit funnier than mine yeah. that's for damn sure and then you started talking about watching something like Idiocracy and I have not watched it and it's not because of the same reason that you're referring to but there is a reason I have not watched maybe more than 25, 30 minutes total across several episodes okay. of The Office. Oh. And it's because I can't stand potentially seeing me or my coworkers oh. inside of the character cone that is showcased inside of that program. Oh, okay. Because it is impactful. There's no question in my mind that I think that drives me away from lots of the things that I see. Um, something I remember viewing specifically recently was the most recent Punisher season. Mm-hmm. And the most recent Punisher season is, in my opinion, decidedly less violent than the previous season of the Punisher. Okay. But damn, it drags you. You, you really have to be of stout mind to take in what you're seeing and not be dragged down a path of negativity. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's, it, it is amazing the impact that media has. And again, for those that are maybe on just like the fence or in the, in a middle ground where something needs to be not pushed over an edge, but, but eked in a direction, mm-hmm. I'll tell you any of the programs that we're talking about that have a, a either a negative spin or an outright negativity thing I can see a whole bunch of people going down the the roads of Michael Douglas and you know all kinds of sex if you ever got hooked onto the the wrong particular uh porn website or something yeah because it's really it's really easy regardless of the media to just go, okay, well, I think I'm gonna sit and watch an episode of this, and like you really have to just go maybe it's time to watch something else 
This is the Punisher you're talking about. Well, I'm talking about just about anything nowadays. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. The, the other one that got me, and but it was terribly in, in, informational as opposed to, wow, that's really creepy music. Ooh, that's neat that they have him kind of voicing over his own voice. It was um, the Ted Bundy, I think it's called the Ted Bundy Tapes, hmm. something. It's it's a it's on Netflix, and I was wa- watching slash listening to it while working on some other stuff. And And what popped out of that is like all of the different, dominoes that somehow had to fall into place for that man to just be found. Mm. And for those of you that have forgotten, Ted Bundy was found almost accidentally. That was the green, green river killer. Wasn't that the name Uh, they called him? He's killed so many people is the the whole point. But, but when you back in the day, the late eighties, if you were to leave California and go to Florida, something would have to happen for you to be found. There just there was no internet trail. Right, exactly. There was no. There was the beginnings of there being alerts on television for people. That's when um, the Most Wanted series also happened to spring to life. Oh yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, it was almost complete abject luck. Yeah, yeah. It would have had to that have he been. was recaptured. And I also there's a bunch of other things that I really did get from that too. I didn't mean to actually talk about this for that long, but that um, the little strange bits of the Ted Bundy story that I never heard. Mm -hmm. I did not know that he escaped twice. Wow. Did you know that he escaped twice? No, I I never followed Did you know that that he jumped out a courtroom window and escaped into the mountains of Colorado? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't happen today. It's, 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 there's, there's some mind boggling things that happen inside of that series. And for the wrong person to be watching that, yeah. you would draw a lot of stuff that you probably shouldn't be drawing inside of your mindset. So when you say media is impactful, you could not be more right. Yeah. That you, I can definitively see how people with especially just sideways mindsets are drawn into things and captivated. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 you just you got to watch your attitude. That's oh yeah, there is to it. yeah. My uh, my my second nod is a video that features Mark Knopfler. You know who Mark Knopfler? Oh is? yeah, of uh, Dire Straits. That's right. And I don't know. Oh, I do know how I got on it. I was looking at some. This is another video that's on YouTube. I'm kind of embarrassed. But there's a <laughs> there's another video on YouTube. How much time do you spend on YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, listening to it a lot, quite right. really. The, the 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 gist is there was a, a video that is the all of the behind the scenes content that is featured on the Bohemian Rhapsody movie oh. DVD. And so I'm like, oh well, cool, click. And of course, oh yeah, that's neat. 45, 48 minutes go by. I'm like, what happened? And there's all kinds of great feature stuff inside of there. And then the next video after that uh-huh. was Dire Straits in 1985 at Live Aid. Oh. And then the next video was the one that I want everybody to go and take a look at. Oh, okay. And it's a now much older Mark Knopfler. Right now he's 69, and I think what I've always recognized first and foremost about him is the hand shape that he features while he's playing guitar. It's singularly impactful it doesn't Hmm. look like anybody else's hand okay and it's obviously what gives him such a unique sound in general Mm -hmm. and we'll be sure to link up this video where he runs through this wonderful family of guitars talking about the concepts of playing the guitar and why things and how things sound differently okay it's just it's a really nice little moment that you would not typically have with mark knopfler that you do get to have because Holy shit! There's Mark Knopfler. Yeah, it's it's very well done. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, we're curious what you guys have found on YouTube this last week. Let us know what you think by going over to our website. That's WadeSense.com, just like it sounds, and let us know what you think, folks. Dummy codes is. I'll tell you right now. I know for myself, and I know definitely for Mike. It is hard as hell to stop at one dummy code because <laughs> when you start looking around and you see the, the stupid, irrational, nonsensical things that permeate our society, we want to hand out a dummy code to probably each and every one of them. This instance for me is, first off, I have to introduce a new word. Well, actually a very old word. This is from the 19th century. Ever heard of cacistocracy? Why, no, wait, I haven't. What is cacistocracy? <laughs> Cacistocracy, government by the least qualified or worst people. If we're not there right now, and can think about it, this word came out in the 19th century, so that's 18-something. 
you can't look around at and, and and once again, I hate to be partisan. I, I've tried to think about folks on the right side of the aisle that are demonstrating just a complete lack of rationality, clear thinking, and, and there's not that many of them. It, it seems to be a predominantly left-leaning thing. And the, the example I'm thinking in particular is – who is a young lady who uh, is actually the youngest member of Congress and is going by the initials AOC. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a 28, now 29-year-old ex-bartender from the Bronx who is now a member of Congress. And somehow, I, I can't really understand how I shake my head because it's like a really, really bad Saturday Night Live plot that has totally come to life <laughs> is the leading voice on the Democrat side of an, an admitted Democrat socialist, which if you're all political junkie, you know, that is Bernie Sanders brand, who coincidentally has also entered the fray as well, introduced something called the Green New Deal. Are you familiar at all with what this is? I have no memory of that event, Senator. <laughs> It's How about just, that? Uh, okay. That's my official government statement for what is the Green New Deal. Okay. Um, the only reason that it's green is because it's moldy. It's time mold- to get rid of that Green yeah. New Deal. It's not even old enough to be moldy, but here's the craziest Why part. Why don't you is- give us the yeah? Give us the hit list. The, the hit list, okay, to completely get us away from all fossil fuels in the next 10 years. A duh. Okay, that alone right there is going to, would create such an absolute economic disaster. Folks, if you think that it's a good idea, and on the surface it is something of a good idea, I want you to ask yourself this one question. How did everything that you own or eat end up in your house? It came on a semi. It came on a tractor-trailer truck. Kids, it's real simple. Until they come up with a way of making one of these run on air on wind or sun, tractor trailers, diesel engines, combustion, internal combustion engines are going to be the engine of transportation, of getting you everything and anything for the foreseeable future. Not true. Tesla's got their new semis. You're such a pessimist, Wade. Really? Rah, rah, Green New Deal. <laughs> okay. How anyway, much did Tesla did, did and has come out with electric okay. center seat ready to be automated okay. uh, semi-trucks. Well, that's great news, and, and that, that is good news. But, mm-hmm. okay, now try and imagine replacing every single car. And now, those batteries don't come out of nowhere. They have to come out of open mines, open-air mines, that create an incredible amount of environmental destruction. So that battery is not just coming out of nowhere. You don't just go to a box. It, it, it had to, there was a process that brought it through. So, yeah, that is a good idea. Her other part was right, every but it, building it comes from the electrical genie. <laughs> that pops out of a that pops out of an unpetroleum bottle. Part of part of this also is that uh, cow farts are a major issue. I'm not kidding. That's actually part of it. Animal methane is one of the biggest reasons that we have all of these greenhouse gases. This twit recently was at some type of a convention where she said that if we don't do something. Because of greenhouse gases, the world is going to end in 12 years. And after that, there is wild applause. A duh. I, I, I'm just, I'm stunned at the stupidity that just permeates our world. It sounds like you don't have enough dummy code stickers for that. I, I really, really, really don't. I would just absolutely coat this woman in them. Uh, do, do you have a couple of the other hit lists? Oh, yeah. Things? Every, okay, every, keep every, going. Please every, do. Every building in the United States is going to be retrofitted to deal with this new uh, uh, non-fossil fuel. I thought first they had to all be torn down one by oh, well, one. Well, that probably will have to happen, too. Yeah, I was pretty sure that was a piece of it. A duh. Money for... Now, I know... My earlier topic was Money about- for nothing and the chicks for free? What? <laughs> Money- is Mark on board her program? Income, or? income for everyone, even if they don't want to work. Yeah. That's actually the, the part of it. Of course, and then on top of this, we have, let's see, ICE needs to be abolished, uh, free college for everybody, getting rid of air travel in favor of high-speed rails. Okay, if anyone was paying attention, California finally just gave up on their high-speed rail because of the money that was blown and it went nowhere. Yeah, California actually owes the United States government $3.5 billion. Good luck trying to get that back. Well, I'd, I'll tell you, if we're going to spend money, in particular on rail systems, yeah, 
they should be using St. Louis's U-City rail as the model. Are you talking about the one that goes in through Clayton or the one that cuts through U-City? The I'm one that goes from the airport over to, to uh, Scott Air Force Base? Oh, no. No, I'm talking about the one that travels three and a half blocks. Oh, you're talking about the trolley? Yeah. Yeah, I think that, that, that I think that we should use the trolley system that was <laughs> pioneered oh, in St. Louis and mirror the program exactly across every state in the United States. You know, that is absolutely, and you're using that example, that's absolutely a perfect proof that technology, there, there, there's a reason that we don't have trolleys anymore because of technology, because we didn't have buses everywhere when they invented the trolley. The trolley, if you look at an old, old map, like going back 100 years of the St. Louis area, there were train tracks everywhere because it was the main source of transportation if you didn't have a horse. Looking at what the train tracks have done, the trolley tracks have done to the loop and that section of Del Mar going to the museum, it's absolutely insane how much it has changed things and how much of a pain in the ass those tracks are. It was perfect proof that te- te- there's a reason that technology passed trolleys. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the high-speed rails, sorry, sweetheart, it's, it's, it's not going to happen. And then at the very top of that also, basically getting rid of 90% of all gas transportation. So your cars, yeah, if it's not electric, eh, it can't be running on the road. This is going to cost trillions and trillions of dollars. And then when she's interviewed and they ask where the money comes from, it's just going to be there. We're just going to make it. This, this, this. Uber twit, five of the top Democratic contenders right now latched onto the Green New Deal without really understanding what it was. And when Mitch McConnell went to the, to the floor and said, you know, fine, let's just go ahead and vote on it. The other person that was behind the Green New Deal said that, that was we were sabotaging them. It's like, wait a minute, we want your bill to come to the floor so we can vote on it, and that's sabotage? It sounds to me like you don't really believe what you're talking. So, yeah, dummy codes across the board. Yeah. I'm going to throw on a little, this is not my dummy code, but it's something we should definitely be talking about and throwing dummy code sideways. Anytime that a bill is introduced inside of any legislative body, it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be the Senate, doesn't have to be Congress, blah. All right. But anytime that something is introduced that is 1,100 pages long, yeah. I call all kinds of bullshit yeah. on allowing hours for the document the document to be read before it's voted on. I absolutely agree. I think that that is, I would put that in the same category as allowing your four or five-year-old child to choose their gender. Mm-hmm. That is absolute irresponsibility. Huge irresponsible. Yes. That anybody votes yay or nay for that bill, there needs to be some other opportunity to go, the like the whole hold on a second call. Right. Because nobody can read a thousand pages in hours. No. And have a, a cogent discussion with discussion with anybody about anything that you're reading. We have no idea what's been snuck through with that. And, and I they just, do this it, consistently, constantly. It, that 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 blew my mind the other day. I that, that's something I would have expected to read decades ago. Right. That hey, quick, gotta gotta sneak this under the covers because we need this to happen. And just it, that that absolutely blew my mind. And it wasn't that, necessary. That blew my mind. No, you, it was completely do, unnecessary. Do you know how many pages were involved when they put down the 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 uh, international highway or the national highway system that starts out in St. Charles? Seventeen pages. In 19, was it 53 when they started that project? 1953, 17 pages to start a national highway system. 1,100 pages to... Of nothing. Of nothing. And and that's the other thing is like, I, I can tell you all about what was provided, the timeline that was provided, how many pages were provided, but I can't tell you anything. That that yield or did that is going to benefit anybody. No, no, it isn't. That and was, that's that not a, how it's supposed to work. For, for anybody that wants to get involved in government, that's not what you're supposed to be able to remember from the pieces of legislation that are going to be voted on by the people that are supposed to be representing us. Yeah. That's not how it's supposed to work. On to my dummy code. Yes, please. Few things can fuel an argument like blackface. Yeah. And until recently, blackface was definitively not popular. It's not like everybody would go out and blackface up because it's Thursday. Guys, I totally get it. It's not politically correct. I get it. It's uh, hurtful to many. Mm -hmm. I totally get it. Mm -hmm. I totally understand that the people that participated in blackface, who are now politicians, Mm -hmm. should probably consider their careers done 
and retire and get on a speaker circuit or utilize their forever insurance to help propel propel their speaking circuit right. during which they will make twice as much money as they would inside of American politics. Mm-hmm. So, but that's not my dummy code. Mm. My dummy code is being given to every single person that thinks that Katy Perry's blackface shoes <laughs> are offending I saw somebody. I saw <laughs> you know what? I, I, it's the as much as I don't want to steal outrage. it, right? As much as I don't want to steal it, but you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. I, there, there are things that I read, and I, I can't believe that I have to take the life force oh. to not only read them, but then assimilate the knowledge of what they're trying to convey. And we'll link over to this argument. It's over at CNN by a, a young lady named Emanuela Grinsberg. Mm-hmm. Emanuela Grinberg. Do you know what this almost reminds me? Like, right back, we're, we're almost in this nonsensical and ridiculous position. Actually, no, it's way, way worse when you think about it. With this culture of perpetual outrage, we're almost right back to the days right before 9-11. Well, and this is, I, I, think it's, I think it's way deeper than that. Because essentially the reason I even bothered linking to this or even mentioning it, I mentioned mm-hmm. it on my Facebook page. Mm. The only reason that I mentioned it wasn't because, wasn't because it was going to become dummy code fodder. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because I thought it was stupid. It's because this is a perfect sample of the cannibalism of the left eating the people on the left. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Katie's not hurting for money. I think we can all safely assume that because shaking it and singing is awesome. Right. That's fine. Mm -hmm. I I, I can't take anything away from her. We have all created the beast that is Katy Perry, who I like some of her music. It's it's good stuff. I do too. It's decent. Uh, you know, you're going to hear me roar. God damn it. (laughs) And so awesome that she's got this shoe line, but that we somehow have to take the shoe line that features I think reasonably smart black shoe strap shoe that features a couple of eyes on the top over the arch of the foot. I saw that has a big red set of lips on the toes uh... is somehow approximating blackface. You know, uh, just a quick question, but the only four letter word that starts with an F that works for face is not foot. It's black face, uh... not black foot. Uh huh. So, again, just dummy codes all over anybody that wants to go and eat their left hand with their right hand. I just, I, I, I don't get it. it. It just boggles the mind. There, there were two things I came across that I wanted to include uh, talking about the CAC stock because, once again, this is such a mirror of where we are. Memes definitely are the mirror of uh, our culture right now, and this is one that I saw, and I'm sure you probably came across as well. Modern education, creating people smart enough to report what they're told and follow orders, and dumb enough to think this makes them smarter than everyone else. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 that just absolutely nails it. Because I, I think at some point there needs to be something showing where there are schools yeah. and where are there centers of indoctrination, because that's definitely where we are. This was a tweet. I, I, it was blacked out as to where it came from, or I would give these, this idiot the credit they so richly deserve. Employing people based on their ability to perform a job ostracizes those with little or no skill and has no place in an inclusive society. This is utterly insane. Yeah. And that's why we need someone that just got done providing lattes flying the space shuttle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I, I, again, I don't have a lot of time for that. Anytime we want to alienate people that have either a, a superior or focused skill set to do something... And hold on a second. We can't put them in the position. We got to go grab a guy off the street that needs a leg up. Uh, no, yeah. we don't. I need to have an astronaut flying my spacecraft. I'm so sorry that we can't grab Joe that wants to be a shoe designer down the street to fly the space shuttle. Right. So sorry. Guys, if you've got dummy codes, if there's something that you have seen that you want to let us know about, I bring to the light of day. Yeah, please send it to wadesense.com and we will do exactly that. Normally, guys, we'll be doing Wisdom of the Ages and it's something that we'll come back to. But I think that you can also pick up wisdom just off of social media. There is a friend of mine on Instagram, extremely bright lady. 
and she wrote something down that I really wanted to pass on to everybody. We should be spending exponentially more time pondering the basis for our own opinions instead of insistently questioning the justifications slash confirmations from opposing views. It's a good impartial practice answering your own questions first before you ask them of others. And I thought that I would pass that on. Mm. Mike, got anything? I have a couple things. The first thing is I am a fan of animated GIFs. Yeah. Okay, I like them. Mm-hmm. More importantly, I like searching for the right ones, in particular inside the Facebook experience, because you would think maybe flame out of nose and mouth would find you the appropriate animated GIF that you're looking for. Yeah. I erred. Okay, what did you Apparently, on? Apparently that's not how it works. Okay. Bottom line, though, is I like animated GIFs. I like to even use them inside of, you know, quirky discussions here and there. Uh-huh. But they do not belong as the breakwater for every paragraph on a page of a website. And that has become the norm inside of several, what I will call very respectable social media compilation sites right. that focus on content generation in general. Mm-hmm. Just because... A GIF happens to be funny mm-hmm. or popular or garners traffic Don't be doth not then mean to put it on your webpage because it's Thursday. Yeah. And that is, that has become something that is really a button pusher for me mm-hmm. so much to the point where when I get to some of those pages now, I actually leave because if it doesn't have anything to do with what I'm reading or worse yet, if it has everything to do with what I'm reading and you're writing around GIFs, there's something wrong. Yeah. And again, I am a fan of GIFs. I love going and finding the quirky ones. I love finding the ones that I like to use. Mm-hmm. I'll even go and grab some of the, the different library sets that there are and grab the actual URL for the one that I want to use and post that instead of just finding what's available. Right. But let's not use that as some sort of content creation device. Yeah. Because that's not what they are. They're innate makeup to build web page content. That's not what it was for, at least not in my opinion. Basically, isn't it uh, kind of along the lines of uh, like a four-dimensional exclamation point? No, no. I think that it's very much like pornography. Okay. I.e. everybody's got their own vision and what it is and what it looks like and what you're going to call it and what it feels like, blah, all that. Okay. And so, again, maybe I'm just missing the train, (laughs) but when I think animated GIFs, it's like, uh, one one of the most effective ones I've used recently was a friend of mine in Wisconsin who still to this day puts streaks of pink and blue dye in her hair as a 40, I think she's 47 now, Okay, 47 year old, very liberal, uh, you know, wear what you dig. We've been talking about it all episode. Yeah. When, when you're an adult, you're, you're, you're staking your claim and she stakes her claim. I don't mm-hmm. have any problem with that. I've gotten used to it. It's just the way that it is. I right. I totally get it. But when she starts talking about her garage door and she's talking about how the paint keeps coming off her garage door and how it's so strange. Well, when, I, when you say garage door for me door. as a as a child of the 80s, there's two things that come to mind. One, because she has pink and blue streaks in her hair, depending on what month it is. Yeah. Uh, I just suggested that, well, perhaps you need to on the door where the paint's falling off, you should just put pink and blue stripes randomly to make sure it's covered appropriately. Okay. So that was the first comment I left, but then the picture I left was you know, there's an, there's an animated GIF from the eighties classic movie, better off dead. Okay. And a garage door. And I mean, it's hilarious. Right. Okay. That's what I would put in as an animated GIF and it makes sense. Yeah. Something that actually pertains to what the subject matter is. And I don't understand how I get that as a one-to-one argument, but Everyone else on planet Earth apparently doesn't think that, and there there has to be there have to be reason for a GIF. Like somebody says, "Hey, describe how we first met in a GIF." I mean, that, that's one of the social media things. Fine, right. have at it. Launch the GIFs. Go and find the most goonyest stuff. Find it. Have at it. Right. But when we're talking about web page content, in particular for a professional organization, you know what I'd like to not see every other breakwater for a, a, par- a series of paragraphs. An animated GIF. Yeah. It, it shows lack <laughs> of thought. 
it shows I'm dumb. Yeah. I, especially as a digital professional, I don't need eye candy every page and a half on a website. No. I need to have good, solid content to come and talk about it. I've, I've never understood that. It's one of the reasons that I love that particular uh, lady, uh, Daisha, uh, more than any per- other person that I associate with uh, on Instagram. Her, the, the stuff that she comes up with is just so thought-provoking. She's just such a deep thinker. Deep thinking is good. Yes, it is. Deep thinking with all kinds of emojis and animated GIFs, not so good. <laughs> Guys, as always, we really hope that you have had as much fun listening as Mike and I have had recording. I want very much to leave you with one last thought. You can make excuses, or you can have results, but you cannot do both. My name is Wade B. Olson. I am the Sage of St. Louis, and this has been Wade Sense. We said we were going to use call this. We can rewind the tape quick to find out. <laughs> Dude, yes, I can't remember. I knew I should have. Right, right. patience, one thing at a time. <laughs>